One of my favorite things about books is sharing them with other people. I mean, what's the use of reading one if you can't have a great discussion about it with someone afterwards? Now that I'm a grandmother, I am looking for things to do with migraines that might be fun and interesting for both of us. Have you ever considered starting a book club with your grands? How would that look, and do you think you're up to it? More importantly, do you think they are? I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And in this episode of The Grand Life, we explore the idea of starting up a book club with our grands with the help of some experts. This mother and son duo have many years of experience in a mom and child book club that ran for nearly 10 years. They have great memories and lots of tips for any of us who might like to replicate what they did with our grands. Michelle and Ronan McCann are a mother and son team who, along with other members of their book club, have co-authored a book written from their own experience of creating a neighborhood book club. It's called Reading Together, and it chronicles a group of parent and child book club meetings that Michelle and Ronan were a part of. Having participated in 100 meetings and reading 100 books, they, plus a cadre of other readers, have developed a template for those of us who might like to read books with our grands. While the book is written to encourage moms and their children to read together, we figured maybe this idea might translate into a grandparent and grandchild book club as well. Michelle and Ronan, welcome to The Grand Life. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. So what do you think? Can grandparents and their grands swing this book club model that you write about? Do you want to go? Yeah, I'll I'll jump in. Um, When we were writing the book, we said, it's not just moms. Dads can do it. Aunts and uncles can do it. And there is no reason why grandparents couldn't do it. It's not a huge time commitment. Like that was kind of a surprising thing for us to discover is that you can do about two hours once a month. And that's just not that much time. Um, I know it you know, might seem like a lot to some people, but we did it for 11 years and we really didn't miss, I don't think we missed too many meetings. So I think for grandparents to be able to find that time once a month with their grandkids, I think it's pretty doable. And it's also perfectly doable over Zoom. Like there's no reason you couldn't have a book group over Zoom. So um, I think the challenges grandparents would have are the exact same challenges that parents would have starting this kind of book group. And we outline sort of how to tackle those challenges in the book. So I can kind of get into that if you would like when we get there. But um, yeah. there are some, there are some, there are just some things to figure out before you start. And that goes for parents, aunts and uncles, grandparents, anybody. Yeah. So, so this, this happened in a neighborhood, right? So were, were most of the people that were in the book club living close to you? Yeah, it was basically all like my close friends at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, It was all of the people that I had been going to school with. So everyone was in sort of like our neighborhood. So that like was made things a lot easier. Um, Yeah, but there were a couple kids who lived a few miles away. It wasn't walking distance. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, some people still had to drive, but everyone was pretty close. Uh, Yeah. Okay. And Um, you did you go to school with these kids, Ronan? I think all of the kids I went to school with over the years, some people like dropped out of the book group or other people joined. But I think they were always people that were that I was friends with who were going to like my school. But I I will say the group started in the first grade and they were all in the same school. But by middle school and high school, they all went to different schools. So he was in the book group until he was 18, 19 years old. And so by the time the book group ended because they went to college, 
the kids were went to different high schools and were some of them weren't even friends in school anymore. Like they had different friend groups, but the book group held us all together. That's and awesome. also for the mom for us moms, we didn't really know each other, the moms very well. And we became very close friends through this book group. It was like a ad, an added bonus of getting our own friend group, um, you know, because we met and did all this stuff together once a month very regularly. Yeah. So. Maybe you can give us a little history of your book club and share with us how you set up your meetings. I'll do that. Why don't I do the history? Do the history. And, yeah, you do the setup because he wrote that chapter. Um, yeah. So <laughs> in the first grade, our kids went to a K-8 school. Mm-hmm. So they went to kindergarten, made some friends. They started the beginnings of reading, you know, in kindergarten, learning their letters and all of that. And then in first grade, I don't remember what time of year it was, but we noticed they were all really excited about reading this, this like the kids that started to become friends with each other. And we moms kind of started to know each other. And one of the moms had been a an English teacher. Mm-hmm. So she came to me and I'm a children's book editor. She had done reading groups with her students, you know, where the students would have book clubs in her class. And she proposed this idea. This was Dana in our book group. She said, what if we started a book group with us and our kids? And I was like, oh my gosh, that would be so fun. I love reading kids books. It's part of my job. And I, I just, I love it. And I'd never heard of it before. And so we thought, let's give it a try. So Dana and I approached, I don't know, three or four other moms we knew where we knew that the kids liked to read or were close to liking to read. Um, And so we approached those moms and proposed the idea. And then they talked to their kids to see if their kids would be interested. And then we kind of ended up collecting, I think our initial group was like five kids, wasn't it? It's the pictures in there, but yeah. Yeah, so we ended up collecting, yeah, like five kids and... um, and yeah, so then before we started, we really planned it out. I'll let Ronan tell you kind of what our um, what we did for each meeting. So, okay, yeah, great. Want me to just run through like what a typical meeting would be like? Sure, that'd be great. Yeah, um, and they changed throughout the years, sort of. Like I don't know, we would switch things around if we liked something like at the start or at the end more. So they changed a little bit, but the general format was like usually we would get there and like just chat because I don't know especially later on these were kids that I didn't see a lot some of them like as my mom was saying went to different high schools so like it'd be nice to just catch up and like just chat for like I don't know 15 minutes at like the start 30 minutes when they were little that was like lego time and play time they had like a 30 minute like play intro and we you know would have drinks us ladies yeah. Sounds good. And then after that, I think we are initially we would do discussion questions that everyone came up with about the book. But then after a while, we decided to do um, trivia questions first, because like sometimes people's discussion questions would sort of like give away trivia that people had. I think we'd pretty much always start out with like trivia questions which we were like really into those for a while because a lot of us in the reading group did. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but it's like it's called Battle of the Books. And it's basically just. No, I haven't. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's a sport for book nerds. It's super nerdy. Yeah, <laughs> it's like schools have them all over the country. So okay, you, you, you compete in book trivia questions and you have to read like. I don't know, 16 books that they choose. And anyway, so they were into the, yeah. the, the kids would come okay. armed to each meeting with two trivia questions and 
two discussion questions and that's it. And us parents too. So before we got to the group, we had to come with two trivia questions, two discussion questions. Yeah. That's it. The first thing that we would do is rate the book and then we'd do trivia questions. We'd always do like parents versus kids for the trivia questions, which was really fun. Oh, fun. Um, it was like Jeopardy. It was fierce. Yeah. And yeah. they they were so much better than us. It was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming these are trivia questions about the book you were reading. Yep. Um, and then we'd end with discussion questions about the book. Um, and I think towards the end of book group, I think the discussion questions sort of got more important. And that was kind of more of what we focused on. Whereas I feel like we were really into the trivia, like as little kids, but I think the discussion part got a lot more interesting as we got older. So how old are you now, Ronan? Uh, I just turned 22. Okay. So thinking back to when you were little, what was your favorite part of the, of the book club then? And how did that change as you got older? Oh man. Um, I think probably like one of my favorite parts throughout the whole thing was just getting to see like those people, like that was just really fun. Like the hanging out, the like playing before book club, like that was always really fun. And then I think probably my favorite thing towards the end would be just discussing the books, like the part where we do discussion questions and it really just turn into like an open discussion. Like the questions are sort of just there to like get it going at first. But I mean, I think that's my favorite part of it just because it's, I feel like it's very hard to find like a group of people that have all read the same book and like want to discuss it. And that's like one of my favorite things about reading a book is like talking about it with other people. Yeah. Uh, so that's definitely my favorite part. Um, tell us now you had is the trivia thing that you're talking about the book club challenge. Is that what you call that? The book club challenge or is that something different? It's something that the states, every state has their own battle of the books and it's run by the libraries. So there's like a Virginia battle of the books. There's an Oregon battle of the books and kids in grade school and then kids in middle school and kids in high school compete. And it starts within their own school first. And actually, this is a good selling point to grandparents because they can get their grandkids into it. And it's really like for kids who love books, it's really fun. And our kids were into it. They went to state. They did really well. Obviously, you know, it's like they were working those muscles um, in our group. But um, yeah, the kids like in elementary school, the librarians of that state pick 16 books and a lot of them are local authors and local books. Mm -hmm. And then a team of four kids have to read all 16 of those books and then they at their school, they compete against other teams. And then the winner for the school goes to the regionals and they compete against other schools. And then the winner of the regionals goes to state. And then there's a national one as well. And so it's like a little league for book lovers. And it is, okay. it's the nerdiest thing you've ever seen. And it's absolutely popular. And it's, I mean, it's one of those things I think that's really keeping reading alive, you know, in schools and libraries and yeah. and it's it's fabulous. Okay, so that's separate. That's separate from your book club yes. that you had. Did your book club have a name? Did you give it a name or did you just call it book club? I don't club? think we really ever gave it a name. Like Sometimes we called it Selwood Book Club, which is our neighborhood, but we just called <laughs> it our book club. Yeah. What kind of challenges did you encounter over the years that you would advise us to watch out for if we're interested in starting a book club? Well, I think I would really advise people to, ahead of time to really work on finding that right, the group, you know, forming the group, we, it, 
just was miraculous how lucky we got that it was all these people. So I think for a grandparent, especially like you could do it just with your grandkids, but to have that sort of fun mm -hmm. interaction of other kids and maybe for the grandparents to meet other grandparents, you know, trying to find a friend of your grandkids and maybe another grandparent who wants to participate. You don't need a lot of people, but like, I feel like four people would be the minimum probably to want to, you know, unless you just want to read with your grandchild and have a meeting once a month, that yeah, would also that be would fun. Be, that'd be pretty fun. <laughs> it would be pretty fun. But if you wanted to do like a book club, finding like-minded kids who like books and then maybe other grandparents who are willing because you're going to be reading kids books. You know, you're not going to be <laughs> like not everybody yeah. wants to read kids books. So um, trying to find people who are open to that because it's really a kind of mind expanding experience to read what your grandkids are reading and then discuss it with them. is like more intimate and interesting than you can really imagine. It gives you like a, a way in to their inner lives and to talk about topics you would never as a parent, I would have never been able to discuss and certainly not grandparents, hmm. you know. Yeah. So I think that's that's one thing to really think about. And then difficult issues that happen within the group. I mean, the only thing I can think of is like sometimes the way you choose books. Oh, I guess one thing to really think about is we alternated in our group, like every person, like each month, a different person got to choose the book. So kids chose, adults chose. It wasn't just the adults chose the books. At some point we did it where the kids were mostly choosing and that was also not good. Like the parents also, we all needed to have our own pick in there. Make sure uh, that you're picking books that the group is going to like, you know, it's a, that's a book group challenge anyway, you know, right. it's like you don't want to be the one who's picking the weird book nobody likes. And I think if you're a lot older than the kids, like even in our group, we had this English teacher, parent Dana, and she was always wanting them to read some school book, you know, like some classic that, you know, and it was like, they didn't always want to read Catcher in the Rye or, you know, one of those kinds of books. And so we we threw them in every once in a while. But I think as a grandparent to make sure you're not just always picking the books from your own childhood that you're looking for new stuff and experimenting. Yeah, we have a section in the book that is about potential challenges. We didn't really have them, but we sort of discussed what you like, what would happen if somebody was feeling left out? How would you address that? Or what would happen if you read a book that was really upsetting to someone? Because that could happen. Didn't happen with us, but it could happen. Mm -hmm. Um so we have a whole section in the book that kind of addresses all of those issues. I, I think it's less likely to happen than you might think. Yeah, it sounds it sounds uh, doable. I You know, I think about grandparents trying to ask their millennial kids to make sure that the kids can get over to see them or the grandparents go over to see them. But it seems like a lot of millennials, because they're both working, they don't want to make the effort to make sure that they get to see the grandparents even or to do whatever the grandparents want to do. I was even thinking, well, that would be fun to do. I don't want to I don't want to like go to my daughter's house and have all the neighborhood kids. Maybe maybe we could meet at a library and just, you know, have it at a library. So it wouldn't be like creepy grandparents trying to get neighborhood kids into their house. I mean, is that a possibility? We met all kinds of places. We met at the park. We met at coffee shops. You can do book group anywhere. I really, it's not yeah. a thing that needs to be in your house. Okay. So what I love about this idea, I hope lots of grandparents do this because I'm telling you, like, you will not regret it. It's so much fun and such a cool thing. Um, but yeah, like, don't be discouraged by the hurdles because I think they're well, overcomable. You know, it's like, try it and see what happens. You know, coffee shop, park in the good weather. We went and saw a, a movie version of the book we had read. And then we did our discussion group in like a hamburger joint. Like 
doesn't matter. Oh, fun. And to me, Very I think fun. his grandparents are really fun monthly activity. Like it's not just visit the grandparents, it's go to book group. We never did this because we were working moms and, you know, we didn't have time, but you could make themed food. You could watch the movie version. There's all kinds of fun stuff you could do related to the books mm -hmm. that you could add on to the book group. We have a whole chapter on that as well. You know, your book is a great resource for books to read together. That was one of the things I loved. You have like a whole bunch of chapters of suggestions of books to read. Some of them um, you have read, some you might want to read that you've never read before. So where did you come up with this list? Was it just, did you all put your heads together and come up with that or what? Um, well, first of all, half the book is book recommendations, which is, I think, super helpful. Yeah. The first list in the book is all the books we read with all of our comments, like all the kids rated them and there you could read what they thought of them. Um, so our hundred books that we read, which they weren't all great, <laughs> but most <laughs> of them were pretty great. Um, so the kids, you know, obviously we all picked those books. Then um, when we were working on the book together with the kids, we all kind of talked about what other kinds of books do we want to include in here for, for other readers? Like, like, what do we want to advise them? So as a group, including the kids, we came up with other categories. And so we have um, lists by genre, like if you want to read sci-fi, if you want to read realism, if you want to, you know, like if you want to search for books within a certain type of book. And then we really wanted to include a lot of books by less published voices, you know, like there's a big trend in finally in children's book publishing, people of color and people who are not white are finally getting published. And mm -hmm. so we wanted to include a lot of those books because there's a lot of fantastic stuff finally coming out. So we have a big section on that as well. Like if you want to read diverse writers and about diverse stories, there is a lot. In yeah, there. I thought that I thought that was really valuable. I really did. Um, I can't remember when I looked through it. Do you have any graphic novels in there? Because I feel like We've got a lot of grandkids who really are into graphic novels. Yeah, we're all into graphic novels. Uh, one of our categories is graphic novels. And so I think, I don't know, there's probably 50 on my list. I, yeah. I did a lot of the research on these just because I literally all I read is kids books. Um, but a lot, the kids all recommended yeah. stuff to me as well. Well, that's great. Um, but I think almost every book in this list, uh, at least one of us has read. Chapter 11 is all gra 100 great graphic novels. Is that enough? My goodness. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I keep I keep going to the Barnes and Noble, you know, and seeing larger and larger uh, sections of graphic novels. And I was a librarian for uh, an elementary school, so I knew what the kids would run to go see. I mean, it was so funny because you couldn't get them to the classic ones, but they would run to grab the ones before anybody else got them. You can get them to the classic <laughs> graphic novels. They do all the classics in graphic novel format now. So if you want them to read Pride and Prejudice, just get them the graphic novel first and off they go. Yeah, I think that's a stretch for grandparents. I, you know, I think it's a great way to expand your skill set and your mind. Like, there's no reason grandparents can't read graphic novels. Dive in and give it a try. I'm I'm 55 and I just started last year editing and art directing graphic novels. That's what I do now. Wow. And my background's picture books, middle grade, and all of a sudden now graphic novels. And it's so awesome. Like they're so fun and interesting and challenging. And they challenge readers in a di totally different way than regular books. So yeah, they're also entry level or yeah. reluctant readers. Great for all of that. But they're also really challenging. And really, we read a lot of them in book group. And they're so fun to discuss because 
there's like this whole other level of of stuff to talk about. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. maybe, Michelle, when you get a little older and have grandchildren, you might start a grandmother book club, right? What do you think, Rona? <laughs> Will you let me have them? Yeah. <laughs> I would love it. I It was one of my favorite things that I ever did with my kids. Really top, top five best decisions I made as a parent, which, you know, I don't know, didn't didn't think it would be, but it was. Oh, that's fantastic. So what a glowing recommendation for a book club. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's wonderful to hear about this unique community that you've developed and built and how those relationships have continued. I mean, they've gone from first grade and I'm assuming, Ronan, that you still are friends with some of those kids now. Yeah, a lot of those a lot of those kids are like still my closest friends because I've I mean, I've known them since I was in like kindergarten. So I'm very close with quite a few of those kids still. That's awesome. And I will also say they are all still big readers, like to a surprising degree. So if you want to get your kids to be lifelong readers, like into their adulthood, which is not an easy thing to do these days with phones and all the competing things. I was just the friend I visited in Indiana was in the book group with us. And her daughter is also Ronan's age and going to Northwestern. And she said her daughter read 100 books last year while a student at Northwestern. 100 books. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. And so exciting. So good way to keep them reading. Well, I have to say that I'm kind of excited about the possibility of doing this book club with grands near and far. I bet you are. Yeah, maybe a Zoom call to include the long-distance cousins or a neighborhood one with our grands' friends. You know, either way, armed with this book, there are so many good suggestions on what books to choose and tips on how to start one of your own. It's great. Yeah, if nothing else, I I love the book uh, list. I'd love to hear if any of you have ever done something like that with your grants. If so, how did it turn out? And what were the most challenging parts? Share your experiences with us. Please write to us at grandlifeconnection, all one word, at gmail.com. Or send us voicemail at 317-572-7876. You know, we are so grateful to all of you listeners. Your reviews are so kind, and we love hearing from you. Don't forget to tell your friends. And if you don't actually follow us, make sure you go to your podcast app and press follow so you don't miss any of our great guests. And we do have some great guests. We do. It's It's... so fun to look back on that. In the meantime, I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And thanks for joining us in Living the Grand Life. Next time on The Grand Life. This rising number of of seniors who are wanting to age in place, 95% of seniors who were polled wanted to stay in place. In another location, I found that 70 million people will be over the age of 70 in the next 10 years, which means that 65 million homes, existing homes in the United States that are no longer going to be suitable for someone to stay in alone. You know, it's a major societal problem that is going to have to be addressed. We just can't throw the physical assets of 65 million homes away. That's next time on The Grand Life.